educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, I just I just gave away my last uh, swag sticker uh, to our guest today. Well, I got one more for my next guest, but but I ordered another set, Johnny. So anyway, welcome aboard to uh, the Tuesday, almost said Wednesday, the Tuesday edition. Uh, we're so glad you chose to uh, uh, take us along for your ride home or picking up the kiddos from day two of school or... You know, headed to uh, the grocery store. Whatever you're doing, we're glad that you chose to to, uh, take us along. Educate, inform, entertain. That's what we aim to do every darn day here. We don't do a lot of shouting. Don't do a lot of grandstanding. But we like to build up instead of tear down. Uh, Truth over tribalism. How about that for a concept, kids? but yeah, that's what we do. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we got a jam-packed show. So, uh, but first of all, before we do anything else, say hello to producer extraordinaire, Mr. Johnny Cadillac. And how about this? Also having a damn good time. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, <laughs> every darn time. Uh, and remember, if you miss anything, you always catch us on your favorite podcast platform anytime you like. Uh, or just go to KLAN.com, uh, scroll down on the Dan Parsons page, and you'll find, uh, you'll find us there. Um, so, hey, coming up uh, after the break at 536, uh, Congressman Mike Flood. Uh, he, they're on August break from Washington, and uh, the congressman's going to join us uh, live in the studio. So stay tuned for that. And coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, return engagement of the dean of the UNL School of Law, uh, Mr. Richard Moberly, uh, on the latest uh, Trump indictment. And at least we got a couple more days to, uh, Richard's got a couple more days to prepare because uh, we had him on a couple weeks ago, uh, literally. Uh, the latest indictment uh, had come out uh, 30 minutes before we went on the air. So anyway, we'll catch you up with the latest uh, uh, dealings in uh, uh, with Mr. Trump, former President Trump, because you know we from the beginning I said uh, I think listeners deserve to know the facts uh, of those cases. Uh, you know we don't talk about it all the time, but uh, from time to time I think it's important because you can find. You can find anywhere, uh, you know, on the cable news stations. You can talk uh, until you're. You can listen until you're tired of listening. All the political uh, commentary about those cases. But uh, I wanted to find somebody that uh, just talked about the facts. A legal expert who uh, who talks about the facts. So anyway, tune in tomorrow for Richard Moberly, uh, Moberly, uh, Dean of the UNL Law School. So anyway. Oh, and one more thing before I introduce our guest, uh, Chef Rachel uh, from The Dish uh, will make her Food Network debut on Chopped uh, at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, Rachel recorded that a a few months back, and uh, she's under an NDA to not reveal what all happens on that show, but uh, check that out tonight at 7 o'clock. And if you're downtown in the rail yard, uh, there's a watch party uh, at the Cube in the rail yard, so... Uh, hopefully, Chef Rachel get uh, a little chance to stop by and say hi to her fans. So, anyway, check that out. Well, without further ado, Mr. Tom Beckius, uh, for our monthly, uh, we're standing, not sitting, uh, check-in. Uh, Tom Beckius, chair of your Lincoln City Council. Hey, Dan, how are you doing today? Yeah, really good. good. I, sh- I sure good. appreciate Tom you taking time to check in with our listeners once a month. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely, and hey, just piggybacking off of what you were just talking about. Rachel McGill, what a great story for the city of Lincoln. No right? kidding. No. Uh, you know, a very talented uh, woman who is knocking it out at Dish all the time. Yeah. We run into each other there. We do, yeah. Um, right. But I tell you, the stuff, I mean, 
she can make squash taste out of this world, and I'm not a squash guy whatsoever. <laughs> and, and beets, right? Uh, the, we've, of course, Chef Kevin's on every uh, Friday for the Friday Afternoon Club, and of course they know each other. And and Kevin, Chef Kevin, told the story uh, a few weeks back of how they kind of show up at the farmers market about the same time, early in the morning, to get the best pick of produce. Yeah, yeah. Well, what an amazing story! I'm looking forward to to that that uh, television show tonight. Yeah. Uh, to see how she does, but you know what a great Lincoln story that's going nationwide. Well, and it's so cool because she's self-trained, and yeah. uh, you know yeah. she's she's worked in the trenches and still is. I mean, that's hard work. Oh yeah, absolutely that is hard work. Absolutely, I think anyone who's you know I I've only worked in a restaurant during college, but I tell you. It's tough, and it makes you sweat, and you got to earn every dollar. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, good for Rachel. So, yeah, check out Rachel on Chop tonight, 7 o'clock on the Food Network, or just go down at the uh, rail yard and see it on the new Cube. Uh, the new new That's right. Cube. Yeah. That's right. I've, I've not seen it. I have you? not either, no. But they I, say I hear it's, it's night and day. I hear it's noon improved yeah. in, in quite the, the spectacle, uh, the a vast improvement to what was there before, which I thought, you know, I thought what they had before yeah. was pretty cool. So It was starting to get a little pixelized. I, well, I would notice that. Well, you know, you kind know, of like an old TV that you have laying around, right? Well, it's it was still pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It was still pretty cool. But I hear, yeah, I hear this one's noon improved and better, yeah. and I'm I, I'm anxious to see it myself. Uh, and by the way, uh, Chef Kevin and I, we're on this mission. I, I didn't even prep you on this before the, before the show, but we're on this mission after coming back from Europe uh, on our little jaunt over uh, across the pond uh, to uh, lobby the city and our city council and our mayor and anybody else that'll listen to us uh, to, because we saw so many walkable cities. From oh, Belfast absolutely. to Dublin to Cork to Amsterdam. Uh, so anyway, we're on this push to make uh, Lincoln a more walkable uh, city. Oh, yeah. The downtown. Ab- 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 absolutely. And, you know, the interesting thing about how they do things over in Europe versus how we do it here in the States is, you know, a lot of people think that you need a certain amount of density or you need a certain amount of people in order to make that work, that sort of walkable area work. But Europe shows us that you don't necessarily have to have a gob of yeah. people in order, in order to make that work. It's it's simply a a, a different view as to how to how to go about things. Yeah, but yeah. So anyway, the rail yard and and uh, the, the Haymarket area, we're we're gonna champion that. So anyway, Tom Becky is chair of the Lincoln City Council. There's a couple issues I wanted to chat with you about here. So thankful for uh, your leadership on the council as chair. And uh, uh, one of the issues that you brought up this week, uh, just yesterday in your your weekly meeting, uh, was the uh, uh, council okays the memory care house in South Lincoln neighborhood, uh, and it wasn't unanimous. Unanimous is a five to two vote, and and there was it between uh, this issue and uh, before the council, it was also before the planning commission, uh, and there were some neighbors that you know, like anything, uh, anytime there's change in a the neighborhood, there's not unanimous agreement, but uh, but you guys worked through that. We did, and 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 like you said, change is hard. Um, you know, I think a lot of the work that we do on city council or any elected official oftentimes is to help help navigate people through change um, and help them navigate through, um, you know, those difficult situations. Because, you know, when we're talking about change specifically in someone's neighborhood, that's one of your most special places, yeah. right? When you come home, you decompress, you de-stress, you know, you don't want that messed with. And, and we understand that. Um, and so, you know, when we look at you know, this was a what's called a residential health care facility. Uh, it's it's a it's a concept where basically 
um, you know, folks can age in place in, in existing neighborhoods. Um, yes, it's a business, but really, you know, these people are using them like houses, just like you and I are using our houses. And for those seniors that have dementia and Alzheimer's, uh, Correct. the best thing that we can do for those folks is have a most, uh, most like home. Setting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of folks as they age say, you know, I want to be at home for as long as I can. And if I can't be at home, I want to be in something that feels like a home as opposed to, you know, maybe a more institutional like setting where you might have, uh, you know, a part, a view of a parking lot or, or something like yeah, that. But, yeah. you know, these are difficult challenges, um, especially when we're talking about these facilities going into existing residential neighborhoods. Yeah, and some of the concern was about parking, of course, and and then uh, uh, runoff from uh, water runoff. And uh, uh, but but the company you worked with uh, sounds like they they met those you know challenges. And so, well, listen, Tom, uh, hang on if you can. Let's take this break real quick, and we'll come back and talk about some other things uh, that the city council is dealing with uh, right after these messages here on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three K L I N. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Tuesday edition where we bring uh, the leaders, uh, the elected leaders of our city and state and county uh, in to, uh, to talk to our listeners and to hear what's going on. And once a month, we check in with the chair of the Lincoln City Council, Mr. Tom Beckius. So we'll get back to that conversation in just a quick second. But just wanted to remind you, uh, if you miss us any time, you can always catch us uh, on your favorite podcast platform, uh, the Google, the Apple, uh, not the Stitcher, though. The Stitcher's going away. So, uh, And if you uh, don't find us there, you can always find us on KLIN.com. And uh, and we appreciate you taking us along for the ride. Coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, we'll check in with the dean of the UNL School of Law, Mr. Richard Moberly. Uh, Richard has been kind enough to agree to give us an unbiased, un- non-political, uh, fact-based analysis of the uh, indictments of uh, former President Trump. So we look forward to uh, talking with Richard tomorrow about that. And and coming up after the break at the bottom of the hour, uh, live in studio, Congressman Mike Flood, our first district congressman, is on uh, summer break from Washington, their August recess. So uh, the congressman will join us here uh, at the bottom of the hour. Uh, but Tom Beckius, uh, chair of the Lincoln City Council, I mean, my goodness, uh, your meeting last night, uh, uh, did it go very late? Or I didn't, I, I must have, it was afternoon meeting. Uh, no, well, it started in the afternoon, okay. but I got home around 9.30. Oh, it did go that late. Yep, it went about six and a half hours last night oh, Yep, uh, with, okay. uh, with the memory care facility that yep. we were just talking about and then with the budget hearing that took place last night as okay. well. Okay, okay. Well, I hope there was as much interest in the budget as there was uh, in the memory care unit, but that's typically doesn't not the way things work. Well, <laughs> well, we, we had a lot more neighborhood interest in the in the memory care facility than we did on the budget. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you know, last night was uh, was a good opportunity for folks to come in and and uh, give us their opinion on Mayor Gaylor Baird's proposed budget. Um, we did not actually have a whole lot of speakers. 
Um, I've received a, 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 a few emails, and we still have time. I would be love. I would love to hear from constituents if they have thoughts. Uh, please continue to email us. When is the vote, Tom, on the budget? Next Monday okay. is actually the okay. vote. And remember, this is a, a, a mid-biennium budget, so it's a little different. It's not the full-scale budget. It's simply making smaller adjustments to um, to things, sort of. Uh, as as a mid year point, um, you know, and a lot of those, I, I know you've you've spoken with the mayor regarding these mm-hmm. on on the show, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of those adjustments have to do with public safety, making sure uh, our firefighters are taken care of, our police officers are taken care of. That's you know, and you know, as folks might remember, you know, we, we're also adding police officers this this next budget cycle as well um, to try to address public safety issues that that we know are important. Um, and so, you know, a big chunk of those adjustments are geared towards our public safety folks. And just uh, referencing Margaret Reese's uh, story in the Journal Star this morning, uh, uh, Margaret writes, initially, as you mentioned, the second year budget reflected a 3.6% increase uh, built on the assumption that property valuations would increase 6%. Uh, but when the assessed values came in slightly higher, the mayor proposed adding 4.56 million to operations and 3.45 million, if you're keeping track at home, and infrastructure, as you mentioned, investments, as well as a cut to the city's tax rates, which would lower the levy by 1.76 cents per $100 of valuation. Um, and the lower tax rate, a 6.9% reduction, and the largest in 20 years, doesn't mean that most property owners will see their tax bills go down, just to be clear. However, because the average increase in residential property values uh, jumped an average at 23%, uh, many homeowners saw a steep increase. So just to be clear to our listeners who are uh, yelling at the radio saying, I'm not seeing any reduction in taxes, it's not going up as much as it could have. Yep, absolutely. So we, like you said, we instituted it where the mayor has proposed a, a levy, a decrease in the levy. Um, but you're correct. We're, we're, you know, property valuations soared. Um, and I believe if my memory serves me correctly, Dan, that unless your valuation only went up 6% or under, uh, you will, you will see an increase. Um, but if you're, property value valuation only went up 6%, um, then you'll actually see a decrease in the, in your property tax paid. But, you know, keep in mind, uh, the things that the, the inflation, the, the, the labor costs, those things that are happening, uh, to private business and everyone around us, they're happening happening to the the city city too. too. I mean, I don't go, um, but you know, one month before I have, um, you know, another, uh, pay adjustment uh, come before the council for a job that we can't fill at the city of Lincoln because our wages are no longer competitive, just like what's happening to the private sector. It's it's happening everywhere. I mean, we've had this discussion uh, before here on the show about uh, just the lack of workers. Well, and something as simple as keeping the city pools open. I mean, that might seem like a silly thing to a lot of people, but... Uh, you know, we had to spend about another $260,000 this year just to keep our city pools open because we had to pay lifeguards more this year than we have in years past because, you know, those typically younger workers can go out and get paid a heck of a lot more in service-type industry jobs than they ever have before. And for us to even do something as simple as keep the city pools open, 
we have to pay more. Yeah. Uh, Tom, before we get out of here, I wanted to chat a little bit about uh, the the interim police chief. I understand that uh, she's starting to hit the ground and uh, uh, running and uh, starting to do some public interviews and such. And so uh, give us a little update on, uh, and I beg your pardon, I don't even know her name yet. I'm going (laughs) to learn it because she's going to be invited on the show, so forgive me. Yep, uh, absolutely. Her name's Michonne Morrow, uh, Acting Chief Morrow. She's been with the department for a long, long time, actually since she was 19. She started with the department while she was still in college and has worked her way through and now all the way up the ranks um and and during that time you know if you haven't i I would love it would be great if she would be on your show absolutely um because i think that you know when people get to know her a little bit more they'll they'll see that she's a great leader she's thoughtful conscientious um she she really is um someone that i trust a whole lot mm-hmm. and um you know there hasn't been an announcement of a search for a permanent acting chief right um you know that is not something that's going on actively right now i'm actually okay with that because i know that we are in good hands the city of lincoln the police department that we're in good hands with acting chief morrow at the helm i've heard some of your other colleagues tell me that privately as well that oh uh, yes very pleased with uh with yes. where she's at and if and if your listeners have an opportunity to engage with uh, acting chief morrow get to know her i really encourage folks to do that i yeah. think i think that you'll find um someone who's quite genuine and quite uh interested in making sure that Lincoln is the safest city that it possibly absolutely. can be. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one more quick one before we get out of here. Um, the changes in the uh, StarTran uh, bus system with uh, some of the federal regulations that are impeding the schedule. Yeah, we just wanted to keep, keep getting word out. Um, we've had to, uh, due to some uh, federal regulations, we, we had what we call school booster routes. Those are routes that would help get people, get kiddos to school. We've had to tone those down due to some change, uh, federal regulations, and we want to make sure that people are aware of it. That'll last for about another month before we need to stop service September 18th. Okay, very good. Tom Beckius, chair of your Lincoln City Council. Don't forget, they're voting on the budget on Monday, so uh, give them a shout. Let them know how you feel. Well, we'll be back after this brief message uh, with uh, Congressman Mike Flood here on 993 K-L-I-N. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at Shopify.com slash records. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, and welcome back to the second half of the show. We're so glad you stuck around. 
uh, whether you're picking up the kiddos. Day two of LPS, so hopefully, hey, you're smooth now. It's uh, it's it's smooth sailing, right? Now everybody is where they're supposed to be, and uh, everybody knows what teachers they have, and so it's smooth sailing, right, Mom and Dad? <laughs> uh, well, my thanks to Tom Beckius, chair of the Lincoln City Council, for our monthly uh, chat. Appreciate that. And coming up, uh, don't forget, on tomorrow's show, uh, Dean of the UNL School of Law, Richard Moberly. Uh, I've recruited uh, Richard to uh, talk about the, the facts of the uh, Trump indictments. You know, you can find political commentary anywhere you want uh, on cable TV and, you know, probably other uh, radio talk shows. But uh, I wanted to be able to have someone to come in and talk about the facts uh, because this is a historic moment. And you've heard me. You've heard me blather on about my interest in presidential politics way back when I was a kid and, and Richard Nixon. So this is another historic time in our nation. And so I want to be able to have our listeners uh, have the facts. So anyway, Richard Moberly coming up uh, tomorrow, dean of the UNL School of Law. And uh, so don't miss that. Well, it is my pleasure to welcome into the studio for the first time on the Dan Parsons Show, our congressman from the 1st District, Mr. Mike Flood. Well, great to be here. Yeah. like seeing this in person. Yeah, big big radio guy. This is no strange. You're no stranger being in front of a mic. I do like this. It, it makes me miss all the best parts of radio, but... <laughs> Doing 10 minutes is easier than doing two hours. Well, it, only an hour, thankfully. Yeah. I, they only give me this mic for an hour a day, Mike, uh, Congressman. So, uh, But, yeah, August recess, uh, you're back in the district. And uh, uh, where all have you been? Uh, well, give me the, the breadth of, uh, of recess. Did, uh, well, it actually started, like, the last day of July and goes in t- officially until September 12th. And, you know, just today, for instance, um, I, I was at the Lincoln Rotary Club, District 14. Oh, good, yeah. I had a roundtable on affordable housing. I toured the Community Action Partnership. Did you know at uh, the Gathering Place, they have seen a substantial increase in the number of folks that are, are that are, are getting yep. meals there. Yep. And uh, they said that's due to inflation, that uh, it's getting tougher and tighter. Yep. And then I met with some investment advisors from around Lincoln to talk about government regulations and then... Here we are. Here we are. On the Dan Parsons Show. Well, I appreciate it, Congressman, because I know you're, uh, I, I know when you're back in the district, everybody wants, uh, wants a piece of you and, uh, the chat with you, as it should be. Uh, That's the way it's designed to be. And yeah. it's actually fun to go around and see so many different parts of the first district. Um, I'm going to be in Bellevue this Saturday for the parade. Uh, that's a big deal, uh, to folks in Shelby sure County. And, yeah. And then also, I've got a 17-year-old that is starting uh, his junior year, and he's going to start this year for uh, Norfolk Catholic football. Nice. And he's going to be on the. He's going to be a, a guard. Uh, so. Well, he's got some size. He does have some size. <laughs> I I don't know where he got this athletic bug from, but he definitely. Uh, looks the part, so that's, that's fun good. to see him. And that's good. Of course, his mother is very excited too. Well, and and I know those conversations about uh, football and and uh, the concussions and head injuries, but hopefully we've made advances even in high school sports about the safety of those kids and the helmets. And they it. really have the helmets that they have now are, you know, I think they. I, I looked at Brendan's. They have a, kind of a seminar on on oh, what sure. to look out for. Yeah. The parents get all, and so I think Nebraska coaches have done a good job of getting work right with the program. And at the end of the day, it's a game, but it's something we all enjoy. And I know in Lincoln on Friday nights, you love seeing those lights on at Seacrest down here, and Absolutely. all the different schools. And yeah, oh, that's cool. Well, and you're uh, in addition to uh, your 
your career in broadcasting and starting a, a statewide now uh, now statewide uh, news organization. Uh, give our listeners a little uh, reminder. Maybe our listeners aren't familiar with uh, the company that you've started. So I got in radio when I was 15, and uh, when I was uh, my second year in law school, I started US 92 Radio up in yeah, Norfolk, and yeah. uh, so now I have radio stations all over the state, and seven TV stations, and so we do business as News Channel Nebraska, Telemundo Nebraska, yeah. I have the Spanish station in Omaha, and uh, around Lincoln, I have uh, two stations in Nebraska City, one in Beatrice, KWBE, yeah. two in Fairbury, and then obviously some in Norfolk, and the Tri-Cities, and then... Uh, Kimball now has a radio oh, station yeah. again. I knew Sydney. you advanced out yeah. to west. Yeah. Gordon and Valentine. Okay, so. okay. Yeah, you took over the Valentine station. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good stuff out there. Absolutely. Well, uh, old home week, I, uh, I've, I grew up and was born here in Lincoln, but my family moved to Ogallala, uh, middle school age. So oh, I spent, yeah. graduated from high school now. K-O-G-A. K-O-G-A. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. So, and the Keith County News, the Pollocks, obviously. Yes. Uh, uh, good friends, and uh, yeah, so I, I've always said throughout my career, both political and just public relations, it helps to have had even those formulative years out in western Nebraska because you get past West O, and most people down here don't even know what it's out there. Well, there are two million basically Coloradoans that come yes. every year to Lake McConaughey, right. so and there's going to be some big state investment out there as part of the Star Wars initiative two years ago. Yes, so there yes. are they're going to have. Uh, the resources to attract even more folks That's from Colorado. Great. It's such a gym. Yeah, it's yeah. I I spent a few I spent a few days out there at Lake McConaughey growing up. Uh, high school days out there. Well, uh, Congressman, I did want to chat about a few things. Uh, certainly, uh, the Defense Authorization Act uh, uh, is being talked about uh, in Washington, and and I know there was a. Uh, Help me out. There was a vote before you left for uh, yeah. uh, for the recess. The Senate had already moved their NDAA out. We adopted ours on a on a bipartisan basis, which included a much needed pay raise for our uh, folks in the armed services, uh, veterans benefits, making sure that we're taking care of our veterans. Part of that, and you know, investing in the defense we need to be ready for a very aggressive China. And uh, a Russia that's on the move. And, you know, people always say, oh, you're never going to get the debt ceiling passed. Well, not only did it pass, it got signed by the president. In the NDAA, National yes. Defense Authorization, yes. it came through. A bipartisan agreement. It was, yeah. And, you know, those are the stories that aren't being told about what's happening in Washington. We are moving through uh, some pretty big projects and some pretty big packages. And it's it needs to be done for our country. And so... Uh, I think it's important that people know that's happening. Well, yeah, a story I read, a 5.2% uh, pay increase for service members. That seems pretty reasonable. You know, it it is. And I was just at Offutt Air Force Base last week. And, you know, they have a food pantry wow. for brand new airmen wow. that come into Offutt Air Force Base. And uh, huh. they've got, uh, you know, just like you'd have at a food pantry here, you know, you know in the city of Lincoln, uh, Congressman Bacon has taken the lead on looking at quality of life issues for the military and how do we recruit and retain a workforce that's in the armed services. It starts by paying our people a fair wage, Absolutely. and uh, this NDAA takes an important first step. Yeah, that's good. We're visiting with Mike Flood, our, Congress, our, our congressman from the 1st District, before... Uh, uh, before he get, has to go back to uh, to Washington uh, after the summer break, and it's always good to be back in the district and catch up with everyone. And and I mentioned your uh, experience on the radio, and I also wanted to mention your political experience because you had a a great reputation as a, a state senator here in Nebraska and served several terms. 
and uh, and as speaker, uh, it was your job to uh, to reach across party lines, even though it's totally different in our one house nonpartisan legislature. Uh, but you were you were known for getting things done, and uh, I'm just curious. First time we've had a chance to chat face to face since you've uh, moved into uh, the congressional seat. What's that like in Washington? Well, it's much it's different. Certainly system. different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've always said the way the legislature works the best is if it it acts like a big city council, uh, because in Nebraska with two million people, uh, we have to find agreement. And we have to work together, and um, that's the best part of the unicameral that I saw when I was speaker. Washington, a lot more complex, a lot more members of the house. Um, I will tell you that I passed a bill this year, earlier this year, in the Financial Services Committee, and yep. I did it with a Democratic co-sponsor, which is the way it worked best, by finding agreement on the other side. Now, that's not always possible, uh, but I've been impressed with the acumen of the of my colleagues in the, in, uh, the House of Representatives. And uh, we wouldn't have got the debt ceiling done if we didn't yep. work together. We yep. wouldn't have got the NDAA done if we didn't work together. So uh, I think if you want to look at the progress of this Congress, we've made some uh, big moves. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, that's not what makes the headlines. Everybody loves the the infighting and 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 and, and there's tri- certainly plenty warfare. of that. Yeah, and th- there is plenty of that. And uh, you know, and and again, I I, I just think it's uh, that's the right attitude of of being able to. And you come from that. I mean, that uh, working in the Nebraska legislature uh, and working effectively and showing how things are done. So hopefully, hopefully, some of that uh, that you're taking back there uh, rubs off onto some of your colleagues. Well, you know, uh, honestly, the committee chairman and in the Speaker of the House, you know, we've talked about we need to be together as a Republican conference. And that debt ceiling deal, not only was it passed and signed by the president, it included permitting reform and $2.1 trillion less, less in spending, less spending uh, next year over this year for the first time in our nation's history. That's good. Yeah. And, and yeah, those are the principles that the Republican Party uh, stands for, at least did uh, back in the day. And so uh, that's good to hear. Well, Congressman, if you can, uh, let's uh, take this short break and we'll come back and finish up here on 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Tuesday edition where we talk to our political leaders, uh, office holders uh, on the state, uh, federal, and local level. And, hey, we've checked off two of those boxes today. Uh, thankful for uh, Tom Beckius, chair of our Lincoln City Council, uh, our monthly set-down with, uh, with Tom earlier in, the, uh, earlier in the show. And now uh, Congressman Mike Flood is joining us live here in studio, so thankful for his time uh, back here in the district uh, from um, uh, the, noon, or the noon recess. <laughs> it's been a long recess, yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been a little longer than noon. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just talking about the difference between the Nebraska legislature and going to Congress. And, and uh, the congressman has noted that, uh, you know, there's there's still some things that can get done in a bipartisan way, even in Washington. Well, the other thing I think it's important for people to know, the constituent services offerings of a member of Congress, a lot different than your state senator. Yeah. So right now we're in the throes of processing a lot, trying to help a lot of people with their passports. Yeah. There is a backlog on passports, and I, I bet I had three calls this week from just people I know in addition to all the people that are calling into the office and here's one thing I will tell you as a public service announcement your passport if it if it if you're leaving the country and it expires before six months yep they will not let you yep. come into their country yep so you need to get those passports renewed do it now because the expiration date is deceiving 
people are finding that out, and they are the hard way, the very hard way. Yeah, yeah. I I did not know that. I traveled. Uh, I'd had a passport, and I traveled a couple years ago to uh, to Paris, and and I I had plenty of time, but I made that same discovery, and uh, so yeah, a constituent service. I'm glad you brought that up, Congressman, because uh, way back in the day, uh, I worked uh, in the United States Senate uh, for Dave Carnes uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, and uh, ended up running the first district uh, office uh, here in Lincoln as just a young pup, believe it or not. Uh, they, they needed bodies, I guess, and I was uh, standing in the right place at the right time. But yeah, that was so much of the work that we did, other than the senator coming back, as, as you do, to come back to the district and we do things. But yeah, day in and day out, uh, it was constituent service. And I think a lot of people maybe aren't aware of that, of the work that your staff does here in the state, uh, here in the city and in other offices for constituents. A lot of times it's somebody has an issue with the IRS, and yep. so we can interact. We've gotten being able to get people's refunds back uh, that have been waiting for a long time. Sometimes it's, you know, you have you have a loved one in a, in a different country that needs to get in touch with the embassy because something yep. has happened in your family. We need to get them back right away. There's all sorts of uh, services, and you can go, if you Google me, just uh, just put in uh, Congress Mike Flood. It'll come right up, and you can see all the services. The other thing I would say is if you're coming to Washington, and you're yes. there on a Wednesday night, yeah. I've been giving private tours of the United States State Capitol. Wednesday nights, 9 p.m., just you, me, and a couple yes. other Nebraskans. I'd be happy to have you. Just call my office, and we'll get you in. That is really special, Congressman. I'm glad you brought that up, because we used to do that, too. And I'm glad that you take personally that responsibility, because it is a beautiful, beautiful moment to see the Capitol. Especially at night. At night. Yeah. yeah I when, tell without people. all the distractions of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Farm Bill. Uh, how's it coming along? Uh, I know that, again, before recess, there was uh, uh, some delay. Um well, I've, this is my first farm bill experience, uh, taking my lead from others in our delegation. I'm imagining we'll have a continuing resolution to bide some time while we work out the details. There's a lot of negotiation happening on the Republican side of the House right now about what kind of financial cuts should be made, and there are folks on both sides. And so we'll 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 find out where that shakes out. But in a perfect world, it would be done by October 1st. My guess is it'll be after that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Of course, the other big uh, issue uh, that you'll be faced with when you get back there after the break uh, is appropriations. And uh, I think the biggest challenge uh, for the speaker is uh, uniting somewhat fractured um, uh, house uh, about spending. Right. Uh, There's some members of the Freedom Caucus and other uh, more conservative members that want to continue to push for deeper spending cuts. Uh, below the levels that the speaker agreed to with uh, President Biden on the debt limit. So how how do we shake that out? Same way we dealt with the debt crisis, uh, the debt ceiling, is we just continue to talk to each other and find common ground. These things seem irretractable and impossible, you know, uh, before we, we really get into it. But it's a lot of communicating, listening, finding common ground. There are things we can cut. You know, we found $2.1 trillion in cuts with the uh, the debt ceiling over ten years, we can do, uh, you know, we can find common ground and at the same time make sure we're supporting the programs that need our support and and most namely, you know, the armed forces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, those are, again, those maybe aren't the most sexy things that uh, people pay attention to, but uh, you know, come election year, everybody wants to talk about uh, the debt ceiling and appropriations and how much, uh, you know, we've uh, lowered the debt. And so, uh, anyway, I just can continue to just like we were talking with tom and uh tom becky is from city council that you know there was plenty of input 
on uh, on a change in in the housing regulations in the neighborhood. But when it comes to talking about the budget, people you know are less interested. So I hope people will continue to pay attention, contact your office, and and give their input on 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 the budget. I appreciate it. And we just had a town hall last week. Yes. And so there'll be more opportunities for people to interact. Uh, so just be watching your listening to your local That's radio right. station. That's so. exactly right. Um, yes. And thank you, by the way, uh, early, early on in my three month career here in the, in the radio broadcast, uh, you stepped up and, uh, was an advocate for radios being, uh, not taken away from AM radios and cars uh, yeah. across the country. So, you know, look at how important KLAN is to the Lincoln community. Look at what KFAB is to the yeah. uh, to the Omaha and Eastern Nebraska community, the idea that you wouldn't be able to get these stations in your car uh, just doesn't make sense. It it isn't paying attention to the market, and it's not where consumers are. And so, keeping AM radio in vehicles is important, and I think it's a bipartisan issue that we can all agree on, and I'm sure the president will as well. Yeah, exactly. Visiting with Mike Flood, our congressman here in the first district, uh, he's back from Washington for the summer break, uh, before they go back and uh, finish uh, some business for the year before we get into another election season uh, congressman and uh, my goodness it seems like you you had uh, a, a, an election every month <laughs> yes i basically did i had a lot of elections and so it's been nice to have a year without without that but i will tell you um we're gearing up and uh, obviously this is everybody's chance to decide who represents them in washington it's every two years it's designed that way to yep. be the pulse of the country yep. and uh, at the end of the day i think we're gonna have a lot of accomplishments to talk about from the 118th congress and um, i'm ready to make my case yeah absolutely uh anything else uh, while you're back here that uh, listeners should know about or uh... well, i've been working really hard on affordable housing you know yeah thank you it is hard to get into a house if you know if you are just around that medium income level uh which which isn't very much to, to afford to get into a house that you know starts at three hundred thousand um, dollars it's really tough for a lot of families and so we're working i'm on the housing committee i'm working with uh, folks here in lincoln and uh, all the different agencies to figure out that we can uh we, we're going to have to build our way out of this problem and a lot of times that's building condos so that folks that are needing zero entry uh they're older they want to move out of that three bedroom house we need to get them into a safe spot and then that opens up a three bedroom bedroom house in a in a neighborhood for a young family to move in and uh to use that kind of housing so i'm learning about you know what their options are in in lincoln here and across the first district and going to work with my partners at the federal level to make sure we can uh, find solutions. Well, and we were just talking uh, a couple days ago about the uh, new development that's going to replace Pershing, and that's going to be affordable housing. And so, again, more and more people living downtown. And, I love it. Yeah. I love the density. Absolutely, yeah. It's, and all the new, I was just in the Telegraph District today, and I saw all these new restaurants, and that's fun. So when you add that Pershing Center uh, affordable housing yeah. to the mix, yeah. Lincoln's a very attractive place to live if you're in your 20s. I, you know, I think about that. That's what we have to do. We have to figure out how to keep them here in their 20s. Absolutely. Well, and 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 it is. I mean, we we need to become a destination uh, for those people, those young people that we're recruiting from Denver and from Chicago and and ca even Kansas City that will come here and find amenities that are familiar to themselves. And the density we have in downtown Lincoln with all of the housing going up, you walk outside, you oh, see other goodness. people, and it's yeah. where it's where younger people want to be. Yeah. So. Well, and even people my age, I live and work in downtown Lincoln, and I, I was you really do. You've been down there for a while. I have. I have been down there for many years uh, 
several, couple different locations. But uh, yeah, it's it's just who I am. I like being around people. I like being around activity. I love music. I love uh, you know the restaurants and the food scene and and so no Lincoln is continuing to build uh, that reputation as hopefully a destination for young people and and for other people to stay here. So I'm going to get that post office out of there. Yeah, I know it. Uh, we, yeah, that's that's another topic. Well, in the convention center, I uh, got a little update today from some folks, and uh, uh, I think there's some exciting things on the horizon. I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, Congressman, thank you so much for taking time to visit with us. We look forward to doing it again. Hey, my pleasure. Good to see you. You bet. Uh, folks, that's uh, the show. We look forward to chatting with you tomorrow. Uh, as I said, uh, Richard Moberly from UNL School of, uh, of Law will be here. And thanks to Tom Beckius, chair of the Lincoln City Council. So that's a wrap. Now go do good things here on 1499.3 KLIN.